Branch Brothers, the podcast is proudly sponsored by Black Bioorganic Glow. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to this episode of Branch Brothers, the podcast, where currently my brothers are doing the usual thing they do every single week is talk about currency, cryptocurrency, and stuff like that. Um, I should jump on one day, but currently, <laughs> currently with um, Idris's losses, I, 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 I'm not enticed. It's turbulent, man. I've made some great wins, <laughs> and I've made some great losses, man. God damn it. Oh my goodness. Okay, cool. So, so this episode um, is um, I, I just I'm just gonna say let's let's take the filters off because I don't think we're gonna get to the bottom of this topic unless we really just tell them how we really feel, mm. right? This episode, dear audience, is called "We Can't All Be Wrong: Toxicity in Our Parents." Now. Disclaimer, I'm not out here to deliver any disrespect to my parents or anyone else's parents. I'm just here to share the truth about my experience. And I'm inviting my brothers to do the same thing. And for all of you, wherever you are, whether you work in an office or you work in a, in a van delivering things or wherever you are, I want you to really throw yourself into this because we're about to... Um, touch some nerves and if it's up to me we will not leave any stone unturned when it comes to this topic so um, we'll start from that end of the room right mm. what do you what are your thoughts toxicity in parents what comes to mind 1000% man at the end of the day they're all humans mm-hmm. and I feel like if the people that came before you we're not emotionally intelligent. Mm-hmm. All that toxicity they had, how they raised you, it just filters down. Mm-hmm. So one thousand percent. Filters or trickles? Because if it filters, it means it gets better. Trickles oh, just yeah. means you get it dumped on time. <laughs> you do get it dumped. On. <laughs> you do get it dumped. On. Yeah, you meant trickles. <laughs> <laughs> now Samuel's teaching the words. I mean, if you got, if you're pouring sewage water and it's getting filtered, it ain't gonna be sewage water right. down there. But when it's trickled, it's just it's the same. Just, yeah, you're gonna get it. Yeah, the same. Sam, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, it's it's all inherited, isn't it? It's mm. um, it's either your parents were raised by certain kind of parents mm-hmm. and follow that. Or your parents were raised by certain kind of parents and they were ready to break that mold. Mm. Because a lot of us in our generation, or you know, being maybe second generation, mm. usually if you're third generation, it's probably breaking the mold isn't as much mm. as being second generation. Mm-hmm. Because the cultures and, and, and what they experience in parenting mm. is different to what we are exposed to in terms of our rights as human beings and yeah. our awareness Levels. of emotions <laughs> and our awareness of emotions have us wanting more like the stakes are higher that yeah. you believe you things can change because you see it yes in regards to first generation 
not enjoying the parenting but mm-hmm. seeing the parenting everywhere else mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it just feels like the norm yeah but then if you're being raised in a different environment where you're seeing someone you were like he's so great you're thinking ah oh, i'd love if he was my dad right if you're if you're in that space where you see a parent you admire mm-hmm. and you dared you dared to think oh i wouldn't mind if they were my parent mm-hmm. You I've can, had that. You can, you can then, you can then dream of the idea that something can be broken, like a yoke can be broken. Oh, all right. Bloody hell, take us to church, why don't you? Sorry, <laughs> boss. I mean, I t- I'll tell you what, man. I'm going to start by touching on forgiveness because I don't think this conversation would be a healthy one if we didn't include forgiveness as a part of it. Mm. So I learned forgiveness in a very hard way. Um, I, I was the type of child that if you hurt me, my goodness, the acid that's coming your way is of the most, like the highest strength, okay? And it's coming at you vociferously and it's gonna be strong and it's going to be corrosive and you're going to be burned by it and my mom used to always tell me um you might as well man god damn it what you know what man let me find the words oh my days i was was breaking it down (laughs) trying to find the root word this guy is consciously torturing no, I speak like this every episode. You know what's bad? The fact How that, could you? The fact that, you know, I was, I forgot I was even here. I'm supposed <laughs> to be listening to you, yeah? And I was just saying it. I was like, I was like, the Cyphorous. I was like, oh! I was like, vicarious. No, it's not, no. it's not linked to that. I was like, Cyphorous. Viper. I was probably <laughs> It's another word for great force. Great force. Velocity. Uh, if you like, I don't know. It sounded the same. Calm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it was coming with, you know, it was going to be strong and it's going to come with great force. And, and my mum used to say to me, you know, you, you can't really move through life like this because it's, it's very dangerous. And at the time, I'm just like, why can't you just hear what I'm saying instead mm. of trying to tell me about how dangerous it is for me to be this way, right? I was like, like, it's not okay. Like, acknowledge me, please. And then I remember when I was 10 years old, sobbing my eyes out because um, my mom had left the country and, you know, I knew that she hadn't left on a vibe of like, I'm going on holiday, see you soon. No, it was like, I'm sick of your dad's I'm out. Which I rate her for to this day. Because she showed me in that action that if someone is really like disrespecting you and embarrassing you and you're loyal to them, the best thing you can do, instead of like harm them back or disrespect them back or whatever and cause more fight, get up and go. Go and be in your own space, which I rate. So um, on the way from the airport, I'm crying my eyes out because what happened that day is that I was, um, I went up to the balcony. Back then you could go to the balcony at the airport and watch people board the plane and just watch the plane take. It was amazing. And so I was busy watching because the plane landed 
and then they ta it taxied on. People came down. They were servicing the plane, doing all sorts, and I was fascinated watching that. All the while, my mum had gone through security, can't say goodbye to her, so I didn't get to say goodbye to her, and I, I was like, oh my god, I was devastated. And so I see her now walking along the tarmac, and she's wearing this peach two-piece suit. I'll never forget, and one suitcase. My mum left the country with one suitcase. She absolutely was done out here. She was like, bondis, like I'm gone. So we're screaming, mommy, mommy, mommy. And the, the engines ain't even on, so I know you can hear me, right? Um, she later told me that she didn't want to turn around because she was floods in tears and she just felt like she was abandoning her children. So I'm like, mommy! to not turn around, you know? It was, it was, it's gonna be in the movie of my life, I'm telling you, like it, it's, you know, it was, it was horrible. So I'm crying in the car the whole way home. And then I go to my dad's bedroom now, after I get to the house, and I'm crying. And he goes, hey, 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 boy, don't be so emotional. And that was that. Mm. I was like, I'm not talking to you, fam. That was it. And I was like, I was like by the way, church covers a thousand dollars. Thank you. I'm not talking to you. And for me, it just added to that, <clears throat> like that feeling of like, I don't like you. I don't like you because you're the reason why my mom's gone and then you won't even hear me out, right? Very, very angry. Um, and then fast forward like nine years later and at this point, he was now, we had, we had moved to England um, and he had come back. dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, mm -hmm. but we came to England 14 days after my mom left. Do you think we were going to give him peace? Nice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I said your dad. You look broke, your dad down in peace. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> well, actually, it was seven days, but then the ticket could only. Yeah, ah, that's <laughs> funny. <Yeah. laughs> and, and I got my thousand dollar trip to the church camp as well. Mm -hmm. I, got, I was, we were not having it. We were mm -hmm. not having it. So, um, but then, but but by, by nine years later, I remember being in a situation where, rah, my dad's been gone for for the last five years. At this point, like, so we moved to England. My dad, we came with my dad. He he was here for a few years, and then he left. And five years after he left, I remember I was at my cousin's wedding and I was I was drinking champagne for the first time, right? And there I am drinking the champagne, drinking the champagne, and then I got licked by what I just saw. I saw my, my cousin-in-law say these vows to my cousin and he was so sincere and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, I saw these are the vows my dad made to my mom X amount of years ago. Where is he now? Where is he? And I just went off. Went off. My cousin and my, and my brother had to drag me off to the car. I got into a fight with my brother. He was pulling out my hair. This is when I actually had a hairline to protect. Yeah. And like he, 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 like, you know, my brother was embarrassed. Like, what, why, what are you doing? Shouting our family business. But obviously everyone's now grown up to realize that that was an outburst from emotions that were not resolved. How old were you at the time? I was 19. Okay. I was 19 when this happened, you know. Got, but got, got into a fight with my brother in the car to the point where the police on the motorway could see that something's wrong in the car. We pulled over. By the time I come out the car, my, my suit trousers is ripped. So I'm sitting on the side of the motorway wearing a shirt and a blazer, ripped trousers. So basically, I was in my boxes with like handcuffs on my wrist. I'm puking. My mum was like, it's okay, officer. We've got this from here. You know, like, let us go. Really, really embarrassing sight. Funny story when I think, when I think of it now, looking back. Um, but I, the next day I went camping and it really had me thinking, I need to forgive this man because he ain't ever gonna say sorry. I was angry about what he had done to my mom and I was angry about what, um, about him leaving. 
I was angry about just all the broken promises. I was bright. I was angry about that moment when I was 10 years old and he said to me, don't be so emotional, right? And I'm so glad I did forgive him because that was pretty much actually the beginning of me learning how toxic all these people are, all of them. Let me ask you a question. How many people in here have ever had their mum or dad sit them down after they've done them wrong or said something wrong and done something wrong and said, you know what, I've done this and I can imagine it makes you feel like this or like that. I'm very sorry. Has that ever happened to anyone here? In the very recent past. Yeah. In the very recent past. Uh, but that's because I've had to consciously tell my mum that since I became a parent, I had to consciously not in like a rude way i've had conscious tell her like yeah. a lot of the ways that you raised me i did not agree with mm. because of xyz and one of them was education so she pushed me to do uni a lot and even just recently she's been trying to push me to do so it's so like she's seen how dismissive i get now it's like don't think to me about it but like i think less than a year ago she sat me down she's like do you know what i feel like the pressure i have put on you to do education to do xyz was not right for me my bad but Again, it was just that little sprinkle of guilt. She was like, it was a promise I made to your dad. Yeah. I feel like it wasn't needed. Oh! <laughs> I feel like that bit wasn't context, needed. context, his dad has passed. So. Yeah. Oh. I feel like that bit wasn't needed, but the fact nah, that that was the she first time she sat yeah, down to have that conversation. Yeah, she knew what she was doing. She it's like, it's like I'm going to retreat, yeah. but I'm going to take one last shot. Mm. You know the last grenade? Yeah. The last bit of justification. Because it doesn't actually change what it she's doesn't. saying. Like she needs to say what she say she's saying, and that doesn't change it. All it does is it, it's just another excuse for why you did what you did, and you're not looking for excuses. You're looking for answers. Mm. So she she knew what she was doing, bro. She, she's trying to save a bit of face with, while apologizing, and you don't save face when you apologize. Yeah, but before I'm trying to say to put it into context, before yeah. that it was always something that's been like. You know what I mean? Can you get it done? Because mm. it's, it's the way, isn't it? Mm. Right. There's really, no other reason. I get what you're saying. She's okay. even, it's not even that, but she's trying to use that. Is that what you're saying? That. What do you mean? As in, are you saying that regardless of your father's wishes, it's already a default? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, so like yeah, from yeah, yeah. how she was raised, yeah, how her parents exactly. were raised, yeah, both yeah, of them, yeah. the default was, yeah. bro, you so, go to school, you get degree, you work for Babylon. That I was gonna say that even adds more context because, because realistically, if it is in a genuine space, yeah. a more genuine space, I feel it would be a thing where that's not the default. Nah, it's but, the default. But no, I'm saying, default. but I'm saying, if that wasn't the default, mm. and that was your dad's that wish or dying wish, and but it's I, like, the reason why. Oh, they said the reason why we moved there is because of the law of free education here to mm. try and better yourself mm, mm, mm. qualifications here seen as better that's mm. why i said like we get that but that yeah. was your that was your idea yeah exactly right? that was actually your idea and 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 for me you know and ironically you did all the free 100 percent. right they were pushing you to do the not free stuff 100 so they're not gonna admit that are they yeah. uh, <sighs> I, I don't like that whole emotional leverage thing. Mm. It's abusive. It's absolutely abusive. Samuel, before we even get into that part, Samuel, you're, you're about to answer about the whole apology thing. Oh, um, well, my mum, usually, I'm, I've been very outspoken from young, so it's a thing where it's usually me addressing her, mm-hmm. and then she 
she may come and apologize. You know what I'm saying? Um, she's she's when I was younger, not really. She'll keep quiet, and then a, a lot of the time I had to be the bigger man. You know what I'm saying? She was she used to do the silent treatment on me. You know what I mean? And I, I hate it. It's it's she's the reason why I don't tolerate it from partners. You know what I'm saying? Because mm. I, I I did. I used to address it with her, and I used to, I used to say, oh, good morning, mum, and she would ignore me, because she was angry at me and stuff, and then I'd, I'd kind of wait till she was calm, and then I'd address it with her, and I'd be like, I know you're trying to hurt me, and that would break her, because she would acknowledge she's hurting me, and then she'd be like, oh, no, okay, I was, I was angry, but blah, blah, blah. And she stopped doing that, but when I was younger, do you know what I mean? She used to do that a lot. And um, what I will say is, with time, she's grown, and I've watched her grow where she would apologize for things in the moment, even before. So she's not as wrong and strong anymore. So in the moment when I'm addressing things with her, she'd be like, oh, okay, yeah. Or because I've already told her like several times, like I'm a pest when, when it comes to those things. So several times I'll tell her, you don't need to shout, you don't need to raise your voice, speak to me like a person. You don't want me to shout at you. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, so when I'm pestering her with that, and she's both in arguments and outside of I think the most important thing for me with, with me and my mum has been having those conversations when she's calm. Ever since I was young, I always learned, I use my humour. So I'll get her to laugh and I'll be laughing. <laughs> She'll be laughing. Oh yeah, mommy, yeah. I want to speak to you about it, yeah. And then I just slip it in, in the laughters. I used to all from like, ten, I don't know how young, anything that I had an issue with her, I let her laugh her face off and then I slip it in. <laughs> mommy, you know, that even reminds me, yeah. Remember that day when <laughs> and I slip it in and you know what? I, it always, it always got a more genuine response for her like i realized she wasn't defensive yeah and she wasn't feeling like she's gonna look like a bad parent or yeah. anything like that it was more like she'd be like oh yeah you know what okay so sometimes when and then she gives like an organic yeah. response and she's not being this nigerian robot anymore yeah. she's being a human being that and i've noticed laughter does that do yeah. you know what i mean yeah. and fe- making her feel comfortable mm. so but it's a thing where I didn't need to do that anymore. But I got into the... I, I was always in that habit where we don't have to argue for me mm. to address my issues with you. After I address my issues with you in the heat of the moment, I still need to address those issues with you when you're calmer, mm. when I'm calmer, when the stakes aren't as high. Right. And we can have a more like objective conversation about it. And I feel because my mum has respected me as a person from young, she has been a lot more receptive to me. So it's it's been a journey, but yeah. um, she's been getting there, do you know what I mean? I think that's really nice. Um, shout, shout out to your mum. Yeah. My mum doesn't say sorry. Mm-hmm. Really? No. Alright, no. right, she doesn't say sorry. Um, what, at all? No, she doesn't say sorry. At all? Even at for trivial things? Even for trivial things, my mum no. doesn't say sorry. No, 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 I'm not even joking. I'm not even joking. At all. At all. My mother. Man, you must have. Because I've pictured, I've pictured punching my mama for for, for, for like, no, I'm saying, what? You ain't banged your mama in the face in your head before? What? Sometimes I look, I was like, big, but you say, yeah, I grew up in the state where I was fighting all the time. Hey, 
So my thing was never like cuss. I never pictured cussing my mum or wanted to call her a bitch or this. That I just want her no, bang in the face. That's the thing. I see. That's another thing as well. Mm. I wouldn't even dream of that. No, I wouldn't have banged my mum sometimes. Well, you don't never bang your mum in your head. No. Never, blood. What? Nah, fam, I'd knock her out of my head. I can't lie. I'd knock her out. Maybe that's the Pakistani side of you, man. It's like in Tower Hamlets, we deal with a lot of DV situations with the Asian lot, fam. I'm being dramatic by knocking her out. I just more clear for my business. <laughs> no, for me, I, for me, I um, when my mom gets like when she exasperates me, I actually like back up. Mm. I back up. I try and find like a surface to put down whatever I'm holding, and I just try and run as far as I can, as quick as I can, because it's like it's like I, I don't know what I'm gonna say. I don't know mm. what I'm gonna say. So and I got sharp tongue. So I I I'm, I just you know and what what I what I find so crazy is that. I communicate very clearly and I'm like, well, this is where you hurt me and this is how it made me feel and this is why I don't like it. And um, she'll hear me and then like more recently she'll be like she'll be like, Oh, so you want to say sorry when it's not going to happen. Of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. She does not apologize. I, you know, um, if I mention something that happened like, you know, years ago, for example, um and this is like something that I've spoken about with my family and stuff i've spoken about how i feel like myself and my older siblings were we weren't raised fairly right so like my my older siblings you know first of all they had both of their parents you know till adulthood yeah me and my younger brother didn't but i'm going to speak for myself because i'm not trying to bring people into, into the stuff i've def, i've i did not have my mom and dad into my adulthood my mom and dad were a couple officially until i was 10 years old Right, and then for after ten years old, we never lived in the same household again, really. Um, and so, when that happens, obviously the how we were raised, there were some things that changed, but there were some things that I felt like could have been done more fairly. And so when I speak on those things, you know, instead of like, you know what, I'm sorry you feel that way, or you know, I'm really sorry about that happening or whatever. It's a thing of like, oh, you're always picking up the negative things. Oh, you just need to let it go. Right? And that's always the message. Um, uh, you know, or for example, when I, when I say to, when I tell the story about how, um, you know, from the age of 11, I've been making my own decisions regarding my education. And then obviously, my parents would just go with it because they weren't getting along and the fight that the only fight they cared about was the fight against each other and they and evidently they didn't care about how it affected us emotionally because their whole thing was it's like oh well you know it's big people going for big people stuff so mind your business and like, oh, i'm your offspring it's kind of all my business so they didn't want to accept that and, they, and so therefore when we would tell stories when we grew up to say well actually this is what i thought about this and this is how it affected me my mom always tend to, tended to be shocked like raw like you understood all that but it wasn't it was it was never followed with a thing of like you know what i'm so sorry for that trauma you know um and then more more presently you know in, in a moment for instance a few weeks ago um i was peacefully relaxing in my bedroom in nobody's way okay and um god bless my mom she was having night terrors that week so she just felt like 
she was struggling to wake up and get out of bed. I get that, that happens to people. Now, a few days prior to that, you know, a few more people had died, not relatives, but you know, people died. And she told me about it. And then I remember just one day saying, oh, do you know what, all these new deaths, I don't have the capacity. And at this point, yeah, even right now, time of recording, it's not even three months yet since my dad died, okay? So it's still fresh, it's still raw. Um, so when I'm saying a few weeks ago, I'm talking to before it was even two months. So I say to my mom, you know, the death thing, I just feel like I'm at capacity now, like hearing about it, no response. I'm communicating, there was no response, okay? And then um, when, when Rob came over for dinner, you know, he was like, oh, you know, auntie, I'm really sorry. My, you know, my condolences, because he hadn't seen her since before this, you know, my dad died. You know, so she's like, oh, you know, it's all right, thank you so much, you know, it's been so difficult. And then she went on and on about it for, for a hot minute. And I, I was like, I was washing dishes, oh my God. He came for dinner, put awake. And, and, and that's what I was thinking, right? And um, then I said it again, that this death thing is a bit much for me, like, you know? And I left it at that. Um, next day, chilling in my bedroom. She comes out the bedroom and, and the first thing she said was, she called my name first and then I'm like, yes mom. And she goes, oh, I could die in there, right? I'm like, what? Good morning, maybe? Because that's another thing as well, like years ago, and even sometimes now my mom won't say good morning, she'll just start the sentence like as if we didn't go to sleep. It's like, no, good morning, let's set the energy for the day, shall we? So she said that, and I don't like that because for years and years and years in memoriam, she's always done that, like, you know, I was gonna think of you when I'm dead. Oh, lucky for you, you have a mother, you know, and then you'll feel it when I'm no longer here. All that, that sort of thing. Let me just be very clear, that, and I said it to my mom, so this is not new, that is an emotional abuse. It is emotional abuse. For you to leverage on your own mortality to try and get a result that you desire is manipulation and it is emotional abuse let's be clear not cussing no one out it's, it is what it is okay so she says that and then i said to her immediately okay cool let's not do that don't like that then she calls me a few minutes later right to the kitchen so i come to the kitchen and she says to me oh this elder from my church died last night he was so young blah 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 i said okay and then she followed by saying i know you said you don't want to hear about the death thing so I turned around and said, so why are you telling me? Why are you telling me? And she goes, ah, oh. such an arrogant statement. Oh my God. And, she's, and she's like, ah, oh, what do you mean? I said, no, no, if, if you remember that I communicated that I don't want to hear about death, then why are you telling me? Oh, just so you know, I don't know him. I don't know him. God bless his family, God rest his soul, I don't know him. I'm telling you that emotionally, I'm at capacity. I'm, and, I, and I turned around and I said, I said, you know, have you heard me once throw it in anyone's face that, oh, my dad just died. Oh, my dad just died. I haven't canceled stuff because my dad just died. I've tried to really not just process my stuff, but where I need to deliver and deliver well, I've, do, I've gone and, and done that. So please don't treat me like I'm throwing the death card in the air all the time. That's the, that's when the gaslighting began. And then mommy, mommy turns around to me, instead of saying like, do you know what, okay, cool, my bad, sorry about that, and it could've just been done. She turns around and she goes, well, don't make it such a big deal. I, 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 Boy. 
Dismissing feelings and emotions will set anyone off. And that's the moment, at this point I was serving ice cream and I had a spoon in my hand. So at this point, I'm trying to find where the food is. And you didn't want to bang your mum in the face. No. Like, just, just feel to. Because <laughs> no, I felt no, like. No, 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 no. You know what I'm saying? I'll be honest. Even when at I least it's sprinkled with some humour on it. Wait, wait, When I was thinking that, yeah, bear in mind, man's in primary school. Just so you look, no, not yeah. as an adult. Yeah. But that's because my mum grew out of whatever the hell she was doing but i really believe if your mum was my mum i would have knocked her out of my head as an adult i was when she took me out that that helps me that helps with my composure like getting that out in my head yeah, yeah. i don't feel like doing no i don't, I don't know, feel that angle but I, I want no let me not say how you not want to just like elbow her just walk <laughs> How did she sit? So, she's like, oh, don't let nah, she, she got cheek, you know. And I turned around and I said, well, it's, it's, kind of, it's the biggest deal. It's the biggest deal because we're talking about death. We're talking about death here. And I'm oh, getting yeah, angry, right? So I start raising my voice at this point. I'm shaking now because I'm like, Father God, like. So then I'm trying to find the surface to put down the the, the, the metal spoon I was holding to. Because I'm just like, I to put whatever I'm holding down. So then I go to the bedroom and I'm holding my ice cream and I, and I take one bite. I'm like, no, it's too sweet. I can't even. I'm so angry. I'm so angry. So then I go back to the kitchen, put the bowl in the freezer. And then I just put on a jacket and I went for a walk and I called my brother. And I said to him, bruh. And here's the thing. We've been very, my brother and I have been very respectful to each other's grieving process. I asked him first. I said, I've got something that I want to tell you. Is, is it, are you okay for me to... To share, mum's done something, I'm gonna tell you. He's like, oh, okay, cool, go on then. So I explained the situation, and then so we talked it through and whatever, yeah. And then I went back to the house, I wasn't really trying to chat to her. Did she, the next day, um, she comes home, I come home from work, she was out shopping, she comes home with the shopping, she, she calls my phone, I decline the call, don't, like legit, I'm so angry, please don't talk to me, like don't talk to me. She calls me again, I decline the call. So she comes to the house, she goes, oh, you're not answering your phone? I said, yeah. And then she goes, oh, there's shopping in the car. So I went down and I got the shopping, brought it in the kitchen, left it. She went to my brother's house. Little bit did I know. She then says to my brother while she's there, oh, your brother's giving me the silent treatment. So he's just like, okay, but why? What did you do? Mm -hmm. What did you say? Ooh, ooh, uh, uh, ooh, ooh. Nothing. Nothing came out. He knows not to get involved. He left it. Mm -hmm. Two days passed. I'm coming back from youth club from volunteering and this is the part that really burned me I was like no this is not right she um she calls me oh are you hungry this is the tip this is the typical language of apology yeah food right mm -hmm. I get home and she's cooked food yeah she's cooked sada and steak yeah stew but then she's made the spinach the way I make spinach I'm like right here okay so I eat the food but I just don't know, I felt like it was a trap so I ate the food it was nice I'm washing the plates now, yeah? <laughs> Got you! <laughs> Got you! So, I'm washing the plates now. She comes to the kitchen and then she st and she starts to explain something and she's in a very nice tone and everything. And I'm thinking, okay, is it, is it today the day? Is it today that I get that S-O-R-R-Y word? Is this the day? And um, she starts to explain further by gaslighting me some more. And I just got so angry, yeah? And she goes, oh, you know, you walked out the other day, you threw a tantrum like a child. 
and I worry because you know you counsel children and I just wonder I worry what you must be like uh, with the children. Uh, oh, mate. I, I said, you know what? We're not doing that one. We're not doing that one. What she doesn't realize is that the first time, it's the two day, three days prior when she did what she did, you know that night I went to bed so heartbroken in tears. In absolute tears. What, the day that you had the ice cream? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That I, went, I went to bed in such tears because I was like, how the fuck is dismissive. anyone this dismissive? Mm. I am verbally telling you what's wrong. Mm. And so from when you don't want to listen to me, I'm not going to talk to you. And it's like your brother's giving me the sign of treatment. If that's not, if that's not toxic, I, I don't know what is in it, right? And I remember calling one of my cousins and I said, oh, you know what, this is what's happening over here. Can you please, can we please pray? And can you please give me some, some wisdom? Just give me some tips on how to deal with this. So I didn't even call her to be like, can you imagine what your auntie did? I called to say, okay, I'm in a situation, feeling sad right now. I need some help. I just need help because I'm not, I'm not getting it. Jesus. Where I'm at. All of that. Mm. I was like, I'm not, I'm not getting this help from where I'm at right now. So can you help me? So you know, she gave me some songs or whatever. I made a playlist on Spotify, and uh, you know, and legit, like for real, I was able to really just be cool with that. But on the Wednesday now, I'm thinking, you have no idea what tears, what hurt, what heartbreak you bring to me every other week with this attitude. And when I verbally say it. I get shut down, it gets gaslit. Did you, you, know, did you tell her about your tears and crying and stuff? And oh, there's no point. Feel? There's no point. The women in my mother's family don't believe men should actually cry. They say their words, express yourself, they're liars. They don't, mm. they don't actually mean that. You know, the other day there was a video going around in the family group chat of like um, the health minister of Thailand getting the vaccine of, of COVID and he was like flinching and crying and everything. And one of my aunties got, you know, in, in her innocence was just like huh, a man crying like that. So it's there in the in mm. the subtext, you know, they mm. they they, do, they will say to you, right? Like, oh my god, express yourself, show us who you are, go go go, yay, vulnerability.com. And then when you do it, they're like, oh, look at this one. <laughs> Even when I was like shaking and I'm angry, my mom looked at me like to say like, look at this, like you know what I mean? That's that's in my head. That's <laughs> she's like, what? So they don't believe that we are allowed that so i don't even bother that is crazy i don't even bother but the, the problem is that like i see it all over i see it in the parents who who are mothers and fathers to the children i work with at school you know for example god bless this kid you know going through like all these anger issues and whatever and then um you know when one of the, the teachers asked oh you know do you think the, the breakup between you and the father has anything to do with this and she goes like well i mean it was pretty rough but it was three years ago <laughs> she, And so I, I had to calm down on the inside and I said, oh, do you, do you mind if I just... And I said, actually, I was your child's age when this happened to me and it didn't come out till I was 19, so... Yeah, I think it's that. And then I asked her permission, I said, do you mind if I talk to your child about that particular topic? And she goes, yeah, that's fine, that's fine. That's another thing, these parents, they know how to perform when they show up at your school. Mm -hmm. They know how to perform, they know exactly mm -hmm. what to do, you know what to say. I saw it in my own parents and I saw it in, and I see it in the parents of today. Mm -hmm. So very little has changed. And they are, you know, oh yeah, we've got this and whatever, yeah. And when you're going home, you're getting your ear twisted. Mm -hmm. and you're, they're punching their rings into the side of your head or whatever. So 
I see it and I'm like, okay, let's talk about it. And ever since I started talking to this kid, and he's very smart, he's been breaking a lot of things down. And then just last week I said to him, I said, okay, what we're doing here is called the work. Yeah? Tell me what you've learned so far. He starts going through the list, the list, the list, the list. And I said, now that you know this, if someone was to frustrate you or whatever, like how do you think you're gonna respond? Like what's the I'm not saying you're gonna respond like this because you're new to what you've discovered, but what do you think the sensible way to respond is? And he started breaking it down for me. And I said, have you ever seen that demonstrated in your household? He's like, no. And I said, based on what you're learning, do you feel like your mom and dad have done the work? He was like, no. <laughs> the boy's in year eight. He's like, no. I said, okay. I said, but by the way, don't think that you're their teacher. Don't go and start thinking that because you've discovered this, that you're their teacher. That's not your job. Your job is to take care of your generation. So you, your little brother, and that baby, that new baby in your family, that's that's your responsibility to, to then demonstrate this knowledge that you have. Okay, don't go trying to be your parents' teacher because then it's just like... We got changing lives over there, man. Well, we thank God. Um, because... Planting such seeds in someone that young is just like... It's gonna enable them. It's just gonna have a ripple effect on their development. It's really good. Yeah, I think it's super necessary because you know what? I'm, I, I've, I'm done trying to um, convince the women and the, 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 the few active men in my life, in, in my family. I'm, I'm done trying to convince them. When I, when I spoke about you know being molested as a child uh, and things like that, it was actually a little bit flabbergasting to some of my aunties why it took me so long to say something. And then one of my aunties, what? yeah, yeah, and one of my aunties turned around and said to me, "Oh man." Eh? <laughs> I want to I'm on record here um, and, <laughs> and, and one of my aunties turned around you know and she literally said she goes hmm, ch- remember we're talking about child molestation here yeah. auntie turned around and she goes hmm, these children these days they're just so weak nah big man thing how can you not think she's a <laughs> and so Nah. Well, what Idris said, nah. what Idris said is that you realise nah. that these lot come from a place. Nah. <laughs> nah. No, it's mad. It's mad indeed. But it's the truth. No, nah, we can't give them a pass because they're your blood or they're your... De- because if there was anyone else, you'd have had a whole soliloquy on why they're... De- the thing is, you'd I have had a whole soliloquy. Am I lying? Go on. Am I lying? Go on. Hear me out here. Yeah. I could go on. Bro. About- I could, I could go on about what. Oh, cool. Just so long as I know you know, I'm happy with that. I just, I was worried you didn't think. All I'm saying cool. is, me saying that is, cool. only gonna, is only gonna bring me more Auntie, strife. Auntie, if you're listening. More. Yeah. No, 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 Auntie, no, 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 if no, you're no, listening. No. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah? Oh, my God. Yeah? This is done. <laughs> She's not gonna listen. She doesn't believe in me like that. To be honest, if they if 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 one of, <laughs> if one of your children heard this and come to hey, back to you yeah, and say, listen <laughs> to what the journey's been saying, yeah, 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 I want you to hear from a non biased <laughs> voice what is thought of that behavior. <laughs> My thing is, this I won't call you. On air, but I just did several times. 
I, I don't know why I tried to be PC so late. You know, I was thinking, ah, you know, I can't call it. But I really want to. Don't worry, you'll just hear Ayo. Hey, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're going to edit it, innit? Yeah, you've got you're to edit it. This, this, this episode, you've got to paste. I actually don't even know what I'm calling her then, because no. if you're not censor it, she don't even know. I could be calling her. You can call her what you want. I could call her a penguin, pelican. Make a noise, you can call her. No, so, so, um. Auntie, yo. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Don't ever come to me like that again and expect not to get smoked. Hey, he's giving you bear work to do. I'm going off my chest, let's continue. He's giving you bear work. Boy, you need to use different animals for all of that. The dog, what? My, my thing is that um, even when I look at that, the same thing that allowed me to forgive my dad is what allows me to look at these these. Um, I, I don't even, I don't think they're people to be honest. Like a um, different people, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm done pushing the agenda. I'm done. So, I'm done. My th- my you know like I, I I've told my my cousins and stuff and you know my siblings and mm. I said and I even told my mom I said you know what I don't think your relatives are people because. It's the lack of boundaries and the lack of understanding is, is, is astounding to me. Mm. Um, and um, depending on how my mom is getting on with her family, it determines what, whether she, she will egg me on or just be quiet. But she doesn't disagree because it ain't a lie. Mm. Um, you know, on the day my dad died, imagine my, my auntie turns up to my house and um, there was a couple of dishes in the sink that weren't washed. And, it, and I took ages to come to her because I was on the phone receiving calls of condolences, right? Bad abuse and I'd say. And I gave to the phone's vision and she didn't say, oh, my condolences or anything like that. She just started by shouting at me about the fact that I didn't wash the dishes. And then I'm, and then when I talk about this, then I'm meant to just take it as, oh, everyone grieves differently. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> my father just died. So I actually don't care about the dishes. I don't care about the dishes. But what I do care about is the fact that this person who, who is supposed to be one of my rocks in life, because that's what they teach us, mm-hmm. um, it, it is shouting at me because I didn't wash two dish, two plates and, a, and, a, and, a, and an oven dish. Why should it be left like this? Is my this dad, auntie? no, no, different auntie. That's what I'm saying to you. Mm-hmm. Like these people, this generation, that generation, they are absolutely fuck out it. These people are fucked I have to find forgiveness from the same place I, I, I could forgive my dad, which was these people did not grow up with, with, with any kind of emotional intelligence as an agenda. It wasn't an agenda for them. It wasn't, it wasn't an understanding. It wasn't a thing. So, so these lot are so toxic. Mm. I think that's to be some crazy trauma there, man. I the way that they behave, it has to be man. some crazy. I agree. That's not I agree, and and here's my thing. You know, I was on a on a on a war path in 2019 when I was questioning various aunts and uncles. Who were my grandparents really? Because mm. for them to the people you say they were, for, sure. yeah. for them to the people who you say they were, we wouldn't have all of this toxicity trickling down. For sure, we wouldn't have it. We wouldn't have it. Mm. The people who lie severely. 
the people who abuse substances, even the way that I used, the way that I used to drink. Like I was, like when you're younger, you're just like, yeah, no man can drink, innit? Yeah, 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 good, 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 good. And then you realize, no, no, this is a trauma response to something. Mm. You know, and it's like you don't realize just how badly you've been affected until you really decide to look at this thing, and you really decide to do the mirror work, like we talk about in Brunch Brothers. You don't realize like the, the levels of it. And because I was looking at myself, I remember like I was, I was in Spain and I was under this like amazing gazebo thing. You know, we were living on a vineyard for my cousin's wedding. And I said to my my auntie, my eldest one, you know, my two cousins were sat next to us and, and, and they were just absolutely gobsmacked. Because my auntie's like, so how are you doing? I said, I'm just trying to get my life together to be honest. She said, what does that look like? And I said, well, you know, monitoring how much, how much I drink, how much weed I smoke, mm. and all this kind of stuff. My cousins were like scratching and shit. They're like, what is he doing? Like, shut up, shut up. I said, no, 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 no. No, no. My uncles are heavy drinkers and heavy smokers. So actually, I'm going to talk about this as a person who's working through it. Because I don't want to end up like that. Mm. And I'm hoping that by sharing this with their eldest sibling, I can get some answers. But suddenly, that's supposed to be something wrong. And this is when like people would like hear me on the radio, see me on TV or whatever. And then they would discuss it with each other. But never with me. Mm. And I'm like, I can't, I cannot respect that. I cannot respect that. And for someone who's trying to break down these chains of toxicity you're gonna have to start talking who are my grandparents did they have 10 children because they were deeply in love did my other grandparents have 12 children because they were deeply in love or did they have that many kids because they were just trying to score as many boys as they could or trying to score a boy because again that was a toxic view from the past mm-hmm. that you ain't like if you don't have a son mm-hmm. women have been killed just sons that matters that's it women have been killed in history for not producing sons when really and truly the gender of a child is determined by the composition of a man's semen. No responsibility, no accountability, just these weird, awkward, patriarchal rules that have actually turned women toxic as well. And I've, I've talked about this in a whole different episode, we'll touch on another day. But the, the, the toxicity of parents, the way that they discipline, the, the harshness, the shouting, the non-apologeticness, you know, and there's a difference between unapologetic and non-apologetic. Unapologetic is, you know what, like I can I can be who I am, whether you like it or not, for the greater good. That's my view on it. Mm-hmm. Non-apologetic is I'm gonna fuck up and I'm gonna be proud with it. I'm not gonna say sorry. I'm not gonna own it like that. And even if you come and bring me a logical a logical story, do you know what they turn around and say? Oh, you children, you've become so westernized. You know, so white. I'm sorry, who bought my plane ticket? Who bought my plane ticket? Let's talk about it. So, yeah, I think with the um, apologetic thing, I think it's that one is um, not apologizing for who you are, mm-hmm. and the other one's not apologizing for being wrong. Yeah, yeah, that's a much clearer way. Yeah. Yeah, and so for me that just didn't, it just didn't sit well, you know, what, moving on to the next segment, it reminds me of when I was 17 years old and my mum was trying to push the same uni thing on me, and I'm trying to show this lady, mommy, I don't even have papers to go to work, what makes you think I can go to uni, and she kept on doing this thing where she would compare me to other people's children, and I told her, and I said, mum, I've told you when I was 11 to stop comparing me to people, because she used to compare me to my nephews, 
at the time, oh, your nephews make their own beds. Yeah, that's because they grew up in Counterfly, and I grew up in a mansion in Zimbabwe. Like, you hired people to make my <laughs> 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 like, like, you hired people to make my bed. Uh, they didn't have that. They they grew up on the opposite end of the spectrum. I had to break things like that down from, from my mum and my stepdad, yeah. Or my dad, but not to confuse people. Mm. But, um, as in, they used to constantly compare me to my siblings, like, and I always told them it's unfair to do that to them because you didn't give them the responsibilities you gave me for them. So you mean they compared um, them to you? Sorry, yeah, I didn't know the word of matters, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was always comparing. And I used to highlight that, like, if you gave my brother responsibility at the age of 18 and he's 20, he's got like two years experience in that game. Mm-hmm. And if you give me responsibility at 10, and I'm 20, I'm 10 years deep in this. That's it. So you being lazy, or you not bothering to put in the work on him that you put on me, and then comparing the outcome is down to you, not him. It's not his fault that you didn't give him these things or you were handing him a quote unquote better life. So this is this is the byproduct or this is what comes with it. And um, that's when they, they, they got out the habit. That's, what I respect about them, that they do, do you know, I, I, I respect that they listen, but they listen to me, mm. and I don't like, they don't necessarily always listen to, they, they've grown, I won't say they, my mum has grown out of it more than my dad, but like, my siblings have to come to me, can you speak to dad please, he will listen to you. But that was my, my, that's my younger brother though, like my younger brother, he was the one we'd go to, even like for negotiations of like mm. weekly allowance, we told my younger brother, because he had a way of talking to my dad. Like, he had my dad under a spell. Mm. You know, like, he had my dad under some crazy spell. We were like, yeah, man, we, we need a raise. Mm. Like, you know, go ahead. We need a raise. Let me hear my kids talk like that. Uh, <laughs> um, and, and he would go and negotiate um, with them and with my, with my dad. And he just had a special way. And even for me, I have to, you know, big up to my younger brother because uh, uh, four years ago, I remember, like, having a big bust up with my dad. And I remember putting my foot down. Because the same gaslighting, lying, that didn't happen like that. Until one day I blasted the man. I said, don't you ever try and leave it to my childhood like I wasn't there. I said, you may be a lawyer, but you're my dad and I know you. And I know you. You are a hero to the country. You are a man to me. I know you. But that's only because my younger brother paved the way bringing that reality to him first because mm. if I was the first to bring him that reality he'd be like you're not my son mm. like he would have just shut me down that's it you know to the point where by the time that my when my dad did pass away we were good mm. we were good and um, I don't have not one regret whatsoever and I'm glad I forgave him when I did because if I didn't do you know what a wreck I would be right now mm. I remember saying to my mom when I was 17 years old you know, when she was trying to push the whole uni thing. Oh, you know, other kids this, other kids that. I said, let me tell you something. I said, you're going to die one day. And I actually want to miss you when you're gone and not resent you. <laughs> right? Because of the choices that back. she made for me. Hey! You ain't holding nothing back. No, no but, you know, and you know what? No, we didn't really talk much for a year um, after that. Because it was like, how dare, how dare this child? But um, it wasn't until I was... I said, big man, I actually want to miss you, you know. 
No, can you not make it difficult for me? <laughs> because they make these, they make these, uh, I, they have these ideas and everything, and it's all very idealistic and blah blah blah, and it's not, it's not, it's not feasible. Yeah. It's not feasible. Let's not do it. It's kind of like in in latter years, you know, things like um, advice. <laughs> I don't want to call it advice, but suggestions like, oh, so when am I getting a grandchild? I'm like, you have four already. Let, let me take my time. Oh, but you know, some women just want to have a child, you know, or something like that. And, and I've heard moms say this to, to their kids, and I'm just like, well, do these moms realize that, like, when they're gone and they're no longer available to be grand grandmothers to these children, that we have to live with that consequence, and that's a human consequence. That's worse than having a degree you don't want to pay for. That, that, like, what? So there's a lot of toxicity that I feel like you know we have to get rid of. You know, what are your thoughts? Because for me, I, I was like, I want to be a singer, I want to be a, an actor, all these things, whatever. And I was told, you will sing for Jesus. And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, that's a twist. And sing for Jesus. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, uh, so so what, what are your thoughts on, and I'll ask you, because you're obviously the creative realm. Mm. What are your thoughts on the way parents, I'll say used to be, African parents especially used to be about kids who want to pursue creative parts. Mm. You know what, yeah? My mum used to always watch stuff and like watch films and watch, and she loved it. She loved watching dancing, acting, like on Hollywood. She always said to me, someone, thing is yeah my mom's dream never died in it mm. which is why she always allowed me to do what I wanted to do because she has that fresh feeling mm. of wanting to do that mm. and she didn't let it die in it, it so anything I said I wanted to do like, she let you do it yeah look it's, it's a thing where it was having the trust in me in it mm. to pursue it properly so it's not the She's not thinking, oh, he doesn't know what he, he's doing or he's, he's just going to blow and drop it or whatever. It's just, okay, like, I know you will do, do well. Like, mm. my mum's had that feeling for me, innit? Mm. But at the same time, I was always, I've been financially independent since I was 11. Mm -hmm. And my mum's never bought my school uniform <laughs> since... Since year seven, my mom's never bought. My mom bought my uniform in year seven. I never bought me uniform, clothes, trainers again. Mm. So because of that, me wanting to pursue certain things whilst having money and making my own money, it was hard for her to stop. Like, mm. I mean, she had that security in knowing I won't struggle there, yeah. or she knows. As a businessman, and that is a so, big deal, isn't it? For the whole struggle factor. Dude, I was gonna say, about. I was gonna say, and I'm highlighting that to say, if I was the only child, I would believe she didn't care about that stuff. Mm. But the fact that I got siblings, mm -hmm. and I have to have a whole talk on why it's okay for my sister not to go uni. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it is the main thing. Is the worry of struggling and the worry of them having to cover your back mm -hmm. they don't want that pressure mm -hmm. they 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 don't it is pressure for someone to say i'm gonna do something 
and there's a chance I'm gonna need to come to you for help. Do you get what I'm saying? And what I did, I found a way to break it down to both my my dad and my mom. Mm-hmm. And it's a thing where even sometimes my friends ask me to go speak to their parents to break it down like that. Mm-hmm. And what I did is <laughs> I said I said to them, okay, if you go and graduate, and I use my hands and I say, if you graduate, your starting salary is like here. Mm-hmm. Starts here. And then you work your way up to like here. So your starting salary is like 18K. And you can work your way up to about like 200K. Mm-hmm. And I say as a creative, down there mm-hmm. that's where it starts mm-hmm. not zero minus zero. Yeah. minus because yeah. not only are you not making money but you got to invest in your, your equipment in your training in, in in whatever you need to do mm-hmm. starting salary is there but then my my arm isn't long enough mm-hmm. to how high it can go mm-hmm. my arm is not long enough the ceiling, there is no seat, there is no, like, there's no limit to how high you can go. Mm-hmm. But you have to start all the way down in the ground. Yeah, yeah. And when I tell them that, they get to fully picture the, the, the end goal. And and then get, that's when suddenly they're remembering all the actors or singers or this mm-hmm. or that and it's, remembering their wealth and they're remembering how great they're doing mm. and all of a sudden it's like oh yeah like yeah do you know what i'm saying yeah. they're fathoming the fact that it's a journey but one of them has a higher ceiling yeah quote unquote. of course yeah, yeah, yeah. also well, one has a ceiling and one doesn't yeah exactly um both of these cameras are out of battery we've just charged this one a little bit Everything was haram. Everything. Everything. Of course, you came from a Chrislamic house. Yeah. That's that's, that's, that makes that's a whole different kettle of fish over there. And everything's haram, you know. Everything. Bloody hell. The only thing that wasn't was going to the mosque. Yeah, bro. Everything apart from that. Bro, play me, brother. That's haram, you know. All of my passions that I like doing. Haram. Haram. Like, 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 stuff that's haram. 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 Modeling haram. Everything. Everything. But, but what? But your mom's Christian? She's from a Christian background, yeah. but she she fell off at some point. Yeah. She deviated. That's why yeah. she fell for the Muslim man. But, 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 what? Wait, 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 wait. You didn't think it was haram to be with your mum? Huh? You get me? Um, Pumpo, bro. <laughs> 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 no, but, that's a fraud, cuz. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Do you know what I'm saying? So I'm not saying your dad's a complete fraud, but yeah, he's mm. a fraud. Yeah, he's a fraud. <laughs> what What about um <laughs> boundaries? Yeah, um, there are some parents who are oblivious to boundaries. It doesn't have to be as deep and traumatic as some of the stuff we discussed earlier. But for instance, when you're working from home, I was about to say that, <laughs> brother, brother. My mom did that to me on my birthday. <laughs> And she didn't know it was my birthday. And you know what's funny? I was speaking to my brother about it after. And my brother was like, okay, so this is what happened. Man's working from home, yeah? And then my mum is like, ah, oh, um, come downstairs, please. I'm like, why? She's like, Auntie Tossie needs your help. He's like, for what? Her phone. Oh. Yeah, what about her phone? Can you come? She said, just come down. I laughed at myself. Okay, so I'm continuing what I'm doing, and I used to always have these conversations here. Just because I'm home, don't mean I'm here. Just because I'm home, doesn't mean I'm here. If mum was working in an office, you won't be calling me off, you won't have access to me. That's it. To come and help you forward an email that if you have common sense, you'll be able to do. <laughs> Hypocrite. <laughs> 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 so, on to that one. Yeah, so. She's now, so I've just kind of ignored it. And then she calls me again. I said, I'm working. That's all I said. I said, I'm working. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's all I heard. Then I'm doing what I'm doing. About half an hour later, I'm hearing footsteps up the stairs. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, there we go. I was like, don't knock on my door. Don't knock on my door. Pim, pim, pim. Yeah? Um, when can you come down? For what? Antitocin, she needs help with her phone. Mama told you I'm working. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Went downstairs. So part of me was like, was that being harsh? You know what? Maybe it's a, yeah. like, it might be important. Because my mum's like that. Do you know what my mum would do? My mum would say, ah, oh, I need help with my phone. And if I say I'm busy, she would then, when I, when, she would then later tell me, oh, just example, I said she would say like, oh, I lost a thousand pounds. How? Oh, I was trying to use the app and blah, blah, blah. Oh, why didn't you tell me? I told you I needed help with my phone. Like, they won't tell you what the issue is or if it's urgent. And they will use that. So I was like, I'm not going to give her that leverage. So I, I called her. I said, yeah, what? I was like, what does she need help with on her phone? She goes, oh, the phone is saying she ran out of me- memory and she can't really use it. I just cut off the phone. <laughs> I just cut off the phone. I said, all right, I'm cut off. And I left it, yeah. And my mum was just kind of like, yeah, my mum left it from there. And then, this, bear in mind, this was like maybe like 11 a.m. or something. Like this morning, 10, 10, 11 a.m. So about 4 p.m. So this is on my birthday, so two days ago. 4 p.m. I get a call from my mum. But I always make her. It ran over all our heads. Hold on. It legit did, bro. Cool, cool, cool. So, so, um, 
It's funny because on Twitter, when people try to attack me, they'd be like, at your age, in your mid 30s, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's so funny. So, um, so now it's like 4 p.m. And then my mum calls me. I was like, hello. And she's like, oh my God, it's your birthday today. I was like, yeah. Oh my God, why didn't you tell me? Is that, would you? I don't need to tell you. Oh, it's your birthday. Oh, and is that why you, um, is that why I was disturbing you? I'm so sorry. I was like, no, it's no, not why. It's because I'm working. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry, this, that, and that. So she's telling my brother, like, let it, oh, my brother sussed it out. But I remember going downstairs and my brother was like, why did she feel she needs to be nice to you because it's your birthday now? Well, why can't she just be nice? Whether it's your birthday. He was, he was more thinking that not just for her, but people in general. Yeah. He's like, why? And I was like, that's exactly how I felt. I was thinking, especially because I don't really care for birthdays like that. Mm. So I'm like, why can't you just be nice? Like, whether yeah. it's your birthday or not. Do you know what I'm saying? You know, the way you talk about side though, the way you talk about your siblings, I'm so fascinated by them and I want to meet them. Is it? Yeah. My brother's just, he's just chilled. He's like, oh. He's like, <laughs> he's like. That's how I love my guy, cuz. Bro, you just, you like, I mean, I don't get why you got arguing about it, but you know. That is my guy. He's just, we'll be arguing, yeah? And he's just playing these games. He's just playing these games. He's playing it. And I prefer if you like, take it tonight. That is my guy! <laughs> <laughs> he'll be like, hey, you might love it. He'll be like, you know you're arguing about nothing, right? <laughs> and then he'll just be playing these games. <laughs> All he does is play his games. It's so funny. It's so funny. He'll make, he'll make people kind of realize, right, yeah, we're, we're yeah, the emotions a bit, yeah. But yeah, we'll, play, we'll play it out. Like, we won't say, oh, no, yeah, we're talking about that. We're like, all right, yeah. So, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, Idris, um, okay. So, because you're a parent, out of all of us here, you're a parent. Mm. And uh, you know that, obviously, whether they use emotional blackmail like, like mm. or it's just a cultural thing or whatever, there is, a, there is a strong sense of feeling like our parents want us to either be like them or be mm. everything they couldn't be, but according to their standards, yeah? Mm. The the, the 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 note here is we are not your clones. Agreed. From the perspective of the son of somebody who tried to put that stuff on you, and obviously now you have your own son. Mm. What's your take? Um, so I can I can empathise because my mother she's a she's an academic, so all my life that's all I know. She's got masters, whatever. She's trying to do PhD, mm. so I get it. I could see why she wanted that for me. Mm-hmm. The same reason why I want certain things for Karim, but I'm giving him like a, is a spectrum. Try everything, mm-hmm. do everything to the best of your ability. Mm-hmm. When you decide, cool, that's what we go with. Mm-hmm. So man's got keyboard, we got football, he's got the mass thing. Everything that he tells me, I want to try that rollerblades. Mm-hmm. Do it, do it as well as you can. Let's see. I said I wanted to do gymnastics and I was told I would never grow. So that didn't happen. And here you are. <laughs> grown. 
grown. Do you know, someone might just be like, oh, this this you, it's either they're going to be like, this you is bitter, or it's like, rah, you, you made it through that fire. Yeah. <laughs> that is a lot. That is yeah. a lot. Fire. No, I'm not going to lie. Do you know, I, like, like, there was a, there was a lot of um, unthoughtful practice in our culture. Not just in my family, just in our culture. There's lots of unthoughtful practice. To be a member of one of our families, you have to be the, like so, so thick-skinned because we may not be as abrasive in like our voices and the force of our tone or anything like that, but the in, in the smoothness of our speech, the razor is so sharp, and it really will cut your jugular. Bro, I felt it. The story uh, cut me, man. It sounds like the land of spite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of that. And people will turn around and be like, but I'm changed now. You're dwelling on the past. Well, guess what? The history that you laid upon me is real. You know, and I'm, it, it, in turn, it makes me very conscious. You know, and I'm going to move into my mindful moment. Uh, you know, it, it moves me to be conscious of the things that I say. That's why when I'm getting here, like, I prefer in the moment to walk away from the situation so that I don't say something that's going to tear a person down so that I don't say something that's going to cut them. I am aware that there is life and death in the tongue and I'd hate for someone to as much as take their own life because I said something because I wanted to tell the truth. I will do stuff now like I will seek counsel from my siblings, especially my younger brother. He's so wise. You know, I'll message him and I'm like, this is what I want to say to this person. What do you think? Not because I need, I don't have confidence to speak up, but because I'm concerned that if I step wrong, I will be exactly like the same as the people who broke me and hurt me and shattered me. And, you know, and I'm always telling the women in my family that you don't have no idea how, how, <laughs> how like destructive you can be in your speech. You know, you, you have the power to break men's spirits, the spirits of people. And so I don't just say it to make them look bad because they are products of culture, products of circumstance and product of time. Do you know what's interesting, yeah? Before I knew anything about the family, yeah, I remember that there was a moment I said this and I remember laughing thinking, ah, oh, that's quite poetic. But I remember you speaking and I remember saying to myself, he sounds like he's having a battle flirting with the line of spite mm. and I remember laughing I had like oh that's quite great and I just kind of moved on from it mm. but like when I hear you speak sometimes I feel like I could hear you flirting with the line of spite mm. like I can feel like almost like it naturally comes when you're fighting it yeah. what do you mean in the way that he speaks to <sighs> um like just naturally how he communicates with people no maybe like when he's when he's maybe not necessarily expressing himself but when he's expressing maybe what he did or wants to do or how he feels or something sometimes there's like there's a level of either spite there or i can hear the temptation of spite does that make sense i wouldn't say temptation no 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 you're not you're not you're not off you're not off like it's a thing of like, um, to put it bluntly, it's much easier for me to formulate words that can tear something down. Yeah, like with the line of spite. Yeah, 
but then what happens is I've I've turned it, I've used it to my good, where I can look at a man who's completely like who doesn't know himself, and instead of me dancing on the fact that he doesn't know himself, I can say, okay, but here's how you can find out. Mm. Here's how we can build on it. Yeah. You ain't fuck. <laughs> but I can make you fuck. Yeah. Because you, know. you know what, to, to to do that, you need to have the ability to assess someone and mm. find their flaws and their insecurities. Yeah, yeah, all of that. All of that. All of that. So it is but, a but, good way. It is good when you can diagnose mm. problems, and instead of throwing it in their face, you try to improve them. Hundred percent. Yeah. I don't. I don't try to improve them because that's a futile mission. Mm. I, I, I I try to inspire them okay. to see the room for improvement in their own life. Okay. And that's how I've become so good at my job. Yeah. When, when it comes to building men and building emotion and stuff like that. So, yes, of course, I dare a man to try to come for me. I'll strip you completely emotionally naked. I'll bear, make you strip you bare mentally. Like, I will expose you to yourself and you will have nowhere to hide. However, there is always, for me, I've developed the ability to have good intentions for it. I could have been one of the richest, most famous people on this planet by now if I allowed that spite to take over me. Because that's the people who really make it in this world. No doubt. Those are the people who really make it in this world. But then I figured, you know what? In the long run, it, it irreversibly destroys you. And I prefer my night, my nighttime sleep over feeling like I achieved something so big and so grand outwardly while having torn people down and broken them apart and i have hurt people in the past i've said some things and done some things that have absolutely destroyed people but because i felt so disregarded growing up i didn't think my words held any weight do you feel something like that may have played a part in your father's success Um, i mean to be a guerrilla fighter and to survive 12 years of political imprisonment you have to have a lot of that you have to have a lot of that to be able to, to 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 help a select few people to usher a country into freedom out of British colonial rule, <laughs> you have to be a bad mother. You have to be. Yeah. I can't imagine you being, you know, oh, baby, crush mm. little baby. Nah, dead out. Mm. And I and, and I have a lot, of, I've got that inside me. I've got it in me. But it's like I just drive it in a different gear mm. and, I, and I operate on a different mental plane. And, a different emotional plane you know and it's and it's new for me it's new it's never been done this way but if i chose the ruthless road good god whew, i would look good but i wouldn't feel good mm. everything about my life would look amazing but i know people who live the life that that when i think back to when i was 16 or 17 i would have wanted to live i know people who live that life at that level but they're not sleeping at night and I value my sleep at night much more than I value what that looks like. So you're not far off me. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm. You know, I wouldn't say flirting with the line of spite, but you know, I was, you know, the line of spite, spite flirts with me. Mm. Yeah, flirts with me. Sometimes I look at a child and they talk what? to me, and I'm just like, oh, you're talking. <laughs> Occasionally I say it, not at work. You know, like my community mm. work and stuff like that. These little hood youths try to trying to move brazen and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, shut up. <laughs> Just entirely be quiet, yeah. you know? But then like when I'm at work at school or something like that, I look at this child and immediately I see the brokenness. And there's no point in me accentuating or highlighting that brokenness because your mom's broken and you have to see her every day. Your dad's probably drunk right now. You know, you know, like the, the stuff I'm finding out and learning 
if anything, I just I don't look at the circumstance. I look at the person. I look at what what they're made of, and I see how broken they are, and then I see the little me, and I see the joy in the eyes of the folks who tried to break me as a child. And there are people who sensed my strength, and they saw it, and they felt it, and they hated it, and they tried to break me. You f you f you punk you boy you good for nothing you chat too much you're like yeah look at your hips look at your big hips look at them big fires walk in there watch when someone puts their rifle up your Ayo. that's what? not something that's not something you say to a 10 year old it's not something you say to a, I, i'm telling you i'm built different with many t's at the end i'm built different and <laughs> <laughs> You know, and 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 I've learned how to to also be humble with it. You know, some people might not think that if you think I'm arrogant, that's your business. Look in the mirror, talk to yourself, take it to the Lord. You know, I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not here to do that. But those that embrace me, I, I appreciate it and I love them. And I'm grateful, and we can continue to build together. Because you know what, while the while the line of spite might flirt with me, um, the line of death flirts with others. The line of deceit flirts with other people. The line of Iniquity floods with other people. The light of murder floods with other people. And if we can tap into the fact that there is a duality in our lives, this is what I'm made of. This is all my good, and this is all my really, really bad. And we can choose together. We can win. And that's I feel like even here, like you know, we've all got our own levels of toxicity and bull. But we come together in the name of vulnerability, in the name of love, in the name of courage, in the name of openness, and in the name of brotherhood. And and that for me. I'm not blind to any of you sometimes or bullshit. <laughs> because that's how it is. That's who we are in life. We have that. Mm. When Samuel's having a bad day, don't call him. Do you know what I mean? Don't call him because he doesn't know when he's so... He's just honest and calm with it. But if you've got a, a thin skin, he's going to cut you. That's just an example. He, Samuel's going to cut... And he won't even know. You would have to say to him later on, oh, Samuel. <laughs> this one. And he will say sorry. That's the kind of person you are. It's never happened with us. But you've apologized to other people. Do you get what I mean? Don't call someone a bad day. When Idris is overwhelmed, he's not going to answer his phone for a week, fam. And if he doesn't love you like that, he's not going to call you back. But if he values you, he's going to drop your text and say, sorry, King, I've been under it. Do you get what I'm saying? I could either choose to dwell on the cutting tongue of Samuel when he's not in having a good day, and I could choose to dwell on um, Idris's ignorance when... He when he's overwhelmed, but or, or I could just accept that my today is not my brother's good day, and this guy is overwhelmed. Mm. How do I love you better through that? Why do I choose that? Because I wish I was loved better through my bad days when I was overwhelmed, etc. Oh, that is my mindful moment. God damn it, it was too long. Huh? The battery's low on this thing as well. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a beautiful one. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Yeah, damn. Just trying to do what, this. What? Why is it always concise? Oh. Flipping, what's this topic again? <laughs> 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 Which one was this? Nah. Which one? Oh, it's the parent one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but yeah, give us your wrap up in it. Um, flipping. I don't know. Well, do you know what, man? I've. Do you know what? When I saw the thing at first, I thought, do you know what? I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm going to be on the parent side a little bit, empathize and mm. whatever else. But, bro, 
I've listened and learnt today. Sometimes you can have love for your family, but you can also keep a distance. Yes. Alright, then you know what? Touching on that, well, I will say I believe blood is a brand name, oh. and I believe that your family members have a natural advantage over the people in the outside world because they've had a bit more time to get to know you and that doesn't automatically make them best suited for you and your character mm. and you can sometimes acknowledge this cousin this nephew this auntie isn't fit for you and just because they're your blood does not mean you owe them your friendship or your emotions and sometimes you have to accept this person isn't for me i can love them i can care for them but they don't need to be that accessible to me blood is a brand name you just have an advantage of time over the new people you meet in your life. But you can meet people later on in your life that are better suited for you and are of more value to you than your blood. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was Brunch Brothers, the podcast. Toxicity in Parents. I've been Ajani. Samuel Williams. Idris Kazita. We love you guys. Come back next time. And we won't be cussing anyone's parents. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>